Hey, this is David Hayter. You may know me as the screenwriter of films like X-Men, X-Men 2, and Watchmen, but you probably know me best as the voice of Selma Snake from Metal Gear Solid. And you're listening to Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. Kept you waiting, huh? This wasn't written with your comfort in mind. Nah. Made my decision, wasn't tough to decide. Nah. Me and my boys, we get it done every time. <laughs> Gotta earn it, you can't just jump in the line. You'll get rushed to the side. I, I, I top my division, I've been building since I started. In the parking lot, I parked it. I came in while picking targets. My career cannot be tarnished. I'm a champion regardless. Celebrate, but there's a different kind of lucha party. We are not alike. I don't, I don't want your advice, I don't want your opinions It's not gonna be different from the ones I told to listen I've been working on a bigger picture and y'all ain't impressing me Hey, como se dice, shut your mouth, respect the legacy Ain't no comparisons, y'all just embarrassments All of my confidence is rooted in my heritage Yo, and with Mendoza and Mr. Wild We showing what this about Phantom driving, your career is disavowed What's happening, y'all? And welcome everyone to another episode of Hawaii's number one podcast for tech, entertainment, and gaming, the Casanova Podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Casanova, and I have a very, very special guest today. The one, the only, the phenomenal Celia V. How are you doing, Celia? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. It's an honor to have you on. I know I reached out to you a couple of weeks ago. I was like, I gotta have you on my show. And um, it's it's great having you here and like yeah, let's talk about it. There's so many games that have come out this year. What have you been playing lately? Oh, way too much. Um, <laughs> I, I just beat uh, my first run of Goody Little Two Shoes. Uh, it was published by Square Enix. Um, the The developer's name is escaping me, but it released on Halloween. It's a uh, <laughs> it's very reminiscent of like early like '90s anime, late '80s. Like it, it yeah. reminds me of like Magic Night Ray Earth, except it's like a um, a like like a fairy tale, but it's yeah. like super demonic. Like it's really hard. A Grimm's tale. That's what I was looking for. Okay. Um, it, it's basically like that, except nineties anime. And it's really, really fun. Okay. Okay. I, I've, I've saw them like promoting that. And I was like, that looks interesting. I'm like, okay, I, I don't think I have much I need to cover. Let me see if I can get my hands on that. But yeah, that it looks interesting. I saw the trailer. I was like, this is very different than what we've had this year, and I'm digging it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is really cute. Um, there's like a bunch of different endings with it, and if you're into min maxing, if like your time and yeah. keeping track of like your health, your sanity, um, and a few <laughs> other things, um, it's it's really fun. Okay, definitely gonna definitely gonna check that out. Anything else you've been playing? Um, uh, I've been going through a list. Um, so I, uh, PlayStation got me and I subscribed to, uh, PlayStation Plus is like premium, like whatever the, the higher tier is. Yeah. And I'm, so basically what I'm doing, okay, I'm going to go on a side tangent. It'll, it'll go come for back. it. Go for it. Go okay, for it. <laughs> you know, when you go to a buffet and it's a little bit pricier than you'd wanted to pay. So you make yeah. a deal with yourself that you have to eat enough where they're losing money. Yeah. Um, and like where it's like really, really worth it. Not just worth yeah. it. Like really, really. Uh, yeah. So that's what I'm doing with the subscription. So like uh, CSR has already made the subscription worth it. Um, mm -hmm. Unpacking, it takes two. Uh, the world ends with you. Um, I'm currently playing that one right now. The other ones I mentioned I already beat. 
Um, so I, I'm just I'm just going down the motions <laughs> and trying to play as much as I can. Awesome, awesome. No, I mean it, it's it's really a great service. I know people have been like complaining about the price hike and everything like that, but I'm like, look, you guys know you need to like put this into like the proper context. You're paying this monthly, and you've got all these choices for games, like you know, PlayStation Plus's thing, uh, Game Pass, Nvidia. I think they have something as well. Uh, I forgot what the name of it, but you have all these ways of just what you would spend for one game. You can literally play as much as you want. And I've had to like talk to some younger gamers. They're like, "Oh, you know, these services aren't worth it." I'm like, "Yeah, but can you imagine if you grew up in the '90s or the early 2000s and you only got a game once or twice a year? Yeah. <laughs> imagine if that game sucked." Oh, my, I, I remember when those games sucked. Um, you know, I definitely agree because it's like I remember going into Blockbuster or like Hollywood video. And yeah, like, oh, I wish I could play all the games, but I had to like pick one. And like that was the <laughs> one game I'd get to play. And um, yeah, you have that. But at home, so you don't have to even go outside. Yeah. It's it's the literal dream. <laughs> it is. It's, oh, man, it just it took me back. So like I was thinking like you really couldn't even try games back in the day other than like if you went to like like a store that had like a kiosk or mm -hmm. if uh before it was GameStop, i think it was like funko land and babbage's yeah. software etc if they allowed you to play it for like five minutes and like it's just crazy like people i feel like i don't know i feel like there's a, a loss of context and perspective with modern gamers now that they just don't realize how good they have it. I know. And like to tack onto that, um, the internet wasn't widely available or yep. accessible whatsoever for me. <laughs> yeah. And I remember playing a game and not having a fun time. Okay. The one I'm thinking of in particular is quest 64. It was like <laughs> one of the first RPGs super hyped up for the Nintendo 64, yep. you know, and I, I've played at only bangers on the N64. I didn't even know bad games existed yet. <laughs> and I remember playing quest 64. I rented it from blockbuster. I was so excited. And, um, I had a bad time and I thought it was my fault. Because I couldn't look up a review. There were no reviews. Like no. the magazine ad said it was fantastic. And I believed them. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. There's there's so many things that like modern gamers, like you don't they don't really think about, but like oh. there there's so much like there's so many perks. <laughs> there are uh, I remember yeah, because the marketing for Quest 64 was super hyped. I I remember I ran that from Blockbuster and I I was like does this like th this has to get better or is this me and like i read it twice in a row and it was awful it was awful i kept running it until i beat it and i didn't have the little safe pack so i keep my nintendo on and um, <laughs> so that's my life and my trauma <laughs> happy friday i know right I mean that that's also another thing too like this generation probably doesn't understand like what we had to go with you know, we had passwords for the longest and then it's like, oh, now you need a memory card. And it's like you didn't so many games that like required the memory card, especially on the 64 back in the day. It was traumatizing. I remember having I think it was um, Mystical Ninja and I would get so far into that game. And then like my brother would like 
like I would go in another room, my brother would come in and he just like cut it off and put in uh I think it was uh No Mercy not No Mercy, uh WCW NWO Revenge to play with his friends. I was broken. I'm like, yo, it took me six hours to get to the part where I got his like Super Saiyan like mode. Like, okay, okay, okay. That's that's how it is. But yes, the growing pains of uh older gamers people. <laughs> <laughs> so um Seeing as like, you know, growing up with gaming and, and all the different generations that uh, we've seen along the way, like, what is your favorite era or generation of uh, gaming and gaming consoles? Oh, man, that's tough. Because like, I'm an N64 kid. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to be like Nintendo 64, because that's where all my favorite games are. Um, <laughs> but I feel like it's hard because mm -hmm. like PlayStation 2 era, I felt was such a renaissance of anything and everything got a game. Yes. Anything. Yes. yes. <laughs> and <laughs> I feel like that was such like that time period. It, like, you know, and it, I, I'm considering kind of GameCube around the same time as well. And like, yeah, it was such a renaissance of hardware development, pushing the limitations for graphics and what things could handle. I remember yeah. looking at Final Fantasy and being like, wow, they look like <laughs> real people. Don't know, go back right? and look at it. Don't look back. <laughs> um, but I remember like looking at them and being like, wow. And like everything was just so innovative. And at yeah. the same time, sometimes crappy. And it was a crapshoot. Yes. And it was really fun. Um, I don't know. It just that really that really hooked me as a kid. But I do love N sixty four, and I do love Game Boy Color era. So I, those are my three. Those are what I'm picking. Okay. So so <laughs> did you did you see that post on t Twitter at whatever they want to call themselves? But like, did you see that post where the person was like saying how Ocarina of Time was awful? It wasn't great back in the day, and it wasn't. It's not great now. It's hard to go back to. Like I think it was like a couple of days ago. And it was like circulating and it's it's really amazing to me when i see posts like that because i feel like you had to have been there to understand yeah. like ocarina of time that was monumental yeah monumental and like when i see po people like acting like it was nothing i'm like what are you talking about because they're spoiled um <laughs> no it's because yeah i remember because, like, first off, in context, people that, you know, followed Legend of Zelda since the NES, like, that was the first time we were seeing Link in 3D. Mm -hmm. And the world, like, really, really came alive. And, like, mm -hmm. I love the sprites, but, like, seeing that into, like, polygons was, must have been mind-blowing. And, like, I don't know, like, for me, like, Ocarina of Time was my first Zelda game, like, ever. And then I went back and played everything else. And Same here. Same here. yeah, like, you know, and it's it's kind of those things where like, I remember discovering the world as a kid, um, as Link was, and I felt like that was such a unique experience, because I didn't understand what Legend of Zelda was, it was just a video game, and it was time to play it. And like, as you know, you, you're in Kokiri Forest, and you know, you're kind of adventuring around, and then like, the world gets bigger, and then you go into a dungeon, you're like, Oh, what is it? Well, you're killing the Deku tree. Whoops, sorry. Sorry, but um, but then like you know, you go outside the forest, and there there's a there's a giant field, and and then there's a castle, and it's there's day and night, and like just things keep on getting thrown at you, like yeah. that Link isn't aware of either. So I don't know to have that genuine experience while playing it is is something truly magical. And uh, who said that I'm going to fight? <laughs> it's gonna like crack my knuckles. Like seriously, <laughs> like I I feel like people like. 
literally, I don't think before that game we had something that literally had a day-night cycle. Like, to that extent where it was, it felt, well, I know, in context of back then, it felt very dynamic, right? Yeah. But, like, you know, and, and then incorporating music into the gameplay with the ocarina like that had never really been done in that way. And the innovations that, you know, Minamo and um, Nintendo had done with Ocarina at the time set the, the groundwork for everything, even to this day. Yeah. It set the groundwork. So it's just interesting. It, it, I, I don't know. I feel like it's a lot of uh, history revisionism because it's the same people that say, oh, when Final Fantasy IX came out, everyone loved it. I'm like, no. No. <laughs> No, no, it's like people saying, Oh, people love Wind Waker when that came out. No, so mad, like they were so mad at Wind Waker, and then they then they loved Wind Waker, and then they shot on uh Twilight Princess. Princess, I know, which okay, I believe historically, if we had switched up the releases of those Mm -hmm. games, their reception initially would have both been fantastic. Yes. Because Twilight Prince is what we expected after Majora's Mask. And then mm-hmm. Wind Waker was a nice break from that. Both excellent games. I like Edgy Link and I like Cartoon Link. I think they're <laughs> What a funny era to have those it, like games. I know, right? It's just it's it's just crazy. Like looking at like the different generations that have come as far as like gaming and just you know, looking at it now. Okay, we got the PlayStation 5, we got the Xbox series, and I'm like, yeah. It it really feels like now it's like what what controller do you want to pick up versus back then where you had uniquely different experiences yeah, per platform. Was... But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh with that being said, like uh going into working in the gaming industry, like what was your like let, let's step into DeLorean. Like, what was the journey like? Like, what point did you decide this is what I want to do, and just just guide us through it? And, and we, you know, if you want to take pit stops along the way, you can. But I want the full story. I want that cinematic MCU experience. Whoa. Um, <laughs> okay, so mine, I guess, is a little bit unorthodox. Of like, but I feel like everyone's entry into the gaming industry is like unique. Um, the cool thing about gaming is that there's there's so many different paths. It's it's not just like one direct one, uh, mm-hmm. which is cool, but also I guess stressful <laughs> if you're trying to get in. <laughs> um, so my journey started um I was in college and I worked at a kiosk in the mall <laughs> uh for makeup. So I was like the miss for you people, and mm-hmm. um I I was really good at it. And so the kiosk had me be like their manager. And then I started from sales, learning to like market a little bit. And like, you know, mm-hmm. it was fun, you know, just try my own little thing. And our, the owner had a really good friend that um, was like investing and like working with this AR uh, video game like company. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was AR before Pokemon Go. So like no one knew what you were talking about. No. They're like, they're like, what is it? Like, is it a game or is it like, you know, a little, you know, I'm like, no, no, it's both. Like you use your phone and it's real life, but then there's a character like they didn't get it. No. Anyways, <laughs> they needed someone um, like a brand manager uh, to help out with that. And they're mm-hmm. like, hey, you like video games, right? And I was like, oh, I like Zelda. And they're like, cool. <laughs> 
go get interviewed by him. And like, you know, we clicked, um, Al and I clicked really well. And mm-hmm. he was like, okay, like I need a brand manager uh, for our brand. Um, I primarily need you for E3 2004. It was, things it was when they announced the PS4, like it was coming out. It was the PS4 uh, E3. 2012, anyway. 2013. 2013 then. 2013, yeah, okay. it was 2013. There we go. There we okay, go. Okay. Okay. And sorry, all blunts my head. Uh, oh God, that was <laughs> 10 years ago. Okay. Anyways. So, uh, um, so basically what happened was that they needed someone to be there. Um, so I was in South Hall. And mm-hmm. um, I found out that video games are an industry really quickly because, you know, you love video games and, you know, you love mm-hmm. like, you know, consuming the medium. But like back then, I, I just didn't really think about too much about the people that created them. Like, I didn't really think about that, you know, this is thousands of, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of talented minds working on something really cool. I just, you know, had the mm-hmm. game and played it. And um, I thought that was really cool. So I started from that. I had a lot of fun at E3. It was very stressful, um, <laughs> but I had a good time. So, you know, we continued to work together and it actually wasn't until a little bit later. Um, I, <laughs> this is kind of silly because I like had a job with them, but it still didn't click in my head that I could like work in the video game industry, like full time, like completely, like that would be my career. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a Hyrule Warriors panel and <laughs> at LA Comic-Con 2015. I think it was called Kamikaze Con back then. And yeah, 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 I, um, yeah. There was this guy that worked for Nintendo who was like, you know, and they had the the two the directors of you know the games. Yeah. And after um he was like a PR manager for Nintendo, and he after he did his whole you know spiel like and emceeing like the panel, I walked up to him and I said, Hey, um so I kind of work in the video game industry, but like, how do I do what you do? Like, how do, how do I get, you know, to that level? And he looked at mm-hmm. me and he's like, you know, like, oh, like, you know, where are you at with your education? I'm like, oh, I just graduated college. You know, I have a little bit of experience. And he looked at me and he's like, you just apply. And that moment was like, oh yeah, ha. Huh? Like I do have experience. I do have a college <laughs> degree. Um, yeah, you just, you just start applying online and see where it happens. And so I did. Um, and so I interviewed for a bunch of different places. Um, I was still working with Alon and he like he understood because like I enjoyed mobile and it was really fun, but like mm-hmm. I really wanted to, you know, see more of what the industry had to offer. And um I ended up getting a job in video game hardware um in the retro industry. So I worked for a company for four years, and after that um it was a wild adventure oh my gosh retro market is is wild because it was and then like back <laughs> that it was like the wild wild west um and then um after i worked at hardware for a few years um i applied i started applying to like the software because i really you know i i really wanted to work in software it just really piqued my interest and mm-hmm. um yeah i saw a job posting for yacht club games and i was like well if i don't get hired i still get to beat the shovel knight people and that sounds rad <laughs> and they hired me and uh the world ended because 2020 happened and i was like do i still have a job i just put in my two weeks and i did uh and i've been there ever since <laughs> <laughs> so long story short that's that was my my journey that is awesome but you know okay so adding further context uh mm-hmm. for, for those who may not understand for us growing up you know literally like celia said like the idea of people who made the games it wasn't talked about. It wasn't even in gaming magazines. Like you'd have little blurbs here and there, but it was never, yeah, people, we had magazines. We weren't on like Reddit threads and, and 
YouTube videos. That wasn't really a thing back then, but it, it was like very different. And I remember wanting to know like, oh, how do I write game reviews? How do I get into this? How do I do that? There was no clear cut path. It's not like it is now where you can literally go and apply. Like before it was it's very much, I kind of apply because I have a lot of family that wrestles in like WWE and AEW mm -hmm. and such. So I use the wrestling term of like, they kept the business close to their chest. Like when you're in it, you're in it. It's not really widely known how to get it out. Oh, now it is. Yeah very easily but like back then it wasn't and so like hearing your journey through it i'm like okay yeah that that's that's about on brand right there because it, it literally wasn't that easy back then no it wasn't and like it was kind of one of those things where like i technically i was in it i was in mobile gaming but like mobile it's so wild how like you know the umbrella of gaming like mm -hmm. back then mobile wasn't really considered like a pillar of it even though yeah. it literally is like yeah. the mobile gaming markets were the largest most profitable industries but like i worked in gaming and my brain was like how do i get into gaming still like it was that like held close to your chest i worked at e3 and i still mm -hmm. didn't think i was a part of it uh it, it's just wild um but yeah no I'm, I'm really glad that like a lot of things are more accessible now and there's more information readily available and you can literally tweet at someone or exit someone yeah. I, don't know. I don't know but like <laughs> and and then you know they they'll they'll respond to you and like have that at your fingertips like from thinking back to my youth that that doesn't that that didn't happen back then you wrote in a letter and then maybe they responded but they usually did it <laughs> <laughs> no it it really is and like events like you know e3 summer games fest i feel like People who have never had the chance to go to it and they purely watch it on YouTube or Twitch, you you really don't understand what those events were like. Like my first E3 was 20, it was 2018 and 2019. That was the first one. I got invited there by PDP. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, from watching it to being there, worlds apart from each other. And like... I asked them, I was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, what should I expect? They're like, oh, you're going to do a lot of walking. So, you know, you wear some casual business shoes. Yeah. 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 I should have wore sneakers. Yeah, you can tell um, <laughs> when it's someone's first E3 um, if they're not wearing sneakers. <laughs> it's like the go-to, like, oh, you're new here. <laughs> Like I, was in, I, I was in pain for like two weeks i'm like yeah i've never had so much because you don't really realize how far you're walking how much you're walking and like getting from one side of the building to the other it's it, it's not that close <laughs> so but no i i i I hope we get like I, I know we have Summer Games Fest and you know I got to go to the event for uh, Final Fantasy 16 in LA. That was that was okay. It was cool. Um, I I just I don't know. Like I, I want another E3 like experience, and I don't know if we're ever gonna get that again. I, I hope so. We will all forget that we hate E3, and it will rise again like a phoenix. <laughs> it's <laughs> like for a while e3 um i don't remember what year but like it did die for a tiny bit 
yeah and then it like arrived so i i believe again it will it'll yeah. it will come to maybe i don't know i love e3 um it used to be my most stressful time of year because it's like you know marketing it's it's that is like the focal point of where your announcements are for the like coming years and um yeah like it's i feel like there's such a vacuum and it's cool that we have jeff that's you know putting together also with day of the devs which is you know really fantastic to have to have mm -hmm. that where we can take our like have our conjoined announcements but i don't know i i miss having it just being in like one week and like we're all just screaming into the void and and i don't know being together as a game. <laughs> so, so um how would you say like if someone wanted to uh get into like you know similar feel as you within marketing would you recommend them have a marketing degree with experience or is experience and you can learn on the job like how would so, you say so for marketing well actually i feel like in the video game industry in general it's what you can do not so much what your education is um i majored in theater um so it's kind of, <laughs> one of those really yeah uh so i was like in theater communications so like i i wanted to be a voice actor and like i i delved into that for a little bit but then like I don't know, marking always seemed cool to me. And like, I kind of <laughs> like fell into it because it just became a net. Like for when I worked at the kiosk, like it was like, well, how do I, how do I get my sales up? Well, if there's only way to reach people without them having just to be physically here and like <laughs> it organically went into like, what if I looked up ways and like read some books and then like it went that route. Um, so it's kind of one of those things where, you know, I, I just organically went into that. Mm -hmm. um but like there's different paths that you can take like if you're in college um and you decide to go that route um there's internships like one of my very mm -hmm. good friends uh she works for activision she's on their marketing team uh we graduated college together and she got an internship at activision and she's been there for uh, a long time oh my god I, we graduated in like 2014 so it's she's been there for a very long time <laughs> <laughs> that was her path uh, mine was a little bit more like this um, but it, it just, it just depends. But like, I, I am a strong believer in, and just, you know, applying, like that's the mm -hmm. best thing to do, introducing yourself. Um, because you know, you miss all of the shots that you don't take. That's true. That's very true. Okay. I want to talk more about industry stuff, but voice acting, let's talk about it. You say you got right. into it for a bit. That, that's something I'm currently doing on oh, the cool. side. Yeah. I'm getting training. So the I've got two voice actors that are training me currently. Um, I think I could share this. Well, I if not, I can always edit it out later. But um, okay. uh, John Bentley, who voices Barrett and Final cool. Fantasy VII Remake and Rebirth, good friend of mine. He's doing training with me. And then um, the other one is the voice of in Bison, uh, Gerald Rivers. So they oh. are doing a lot of training with me i've picked up a couple gigs you know commercials and such doing getting my foot in the door with the within like anime and uh video game voice acting completely different spectrum but it is fun and not as easy as people think it is but yeah it is incredibly hard um and it, it's kind of those things where like i liked voice acting more than I liked acting because like I did print and commercial work when I was younger uh, my dad's an actor um, he like did TV shows and movies and stuff so it was kind of those things where my parents were like oh you could do that path but I'm like mm -hmm. I don't want to go that path 
I like this because I like cartoons. <laughs> and I just thought that was more spectacular because you could be anything yeah. rather than just what you're typecast. Yeah. And um, yeah, like I started to do it, but then I like it just kind of became one of those things where like I found other passions that excited me more. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, but like I did a little bit with Bang Zoom. Um, I, I did some Walla for for Iron Blooded Orphans. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but that was like years Whoa. ago and a couple other things. But like, um, it was fun. It was a good time while it lasted. But I don't know. Marketing excites me. Like I that spark and that like you know that that feeling you get of like where you could just, you're just excited to do it every single day. Um, yeah which is dangerous for a workaholic like me, but it's fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of those things where like, I have that for marketing. So I think I picked the right path. But in general, voice acting is really cool. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, you know, and that's also interesting when like, you look at like, career paths, right? So a lot of people, I feel like, I don't know if you have the same thought process on this, but I feel like, our time growing up, it was go to school, get education in the field you're going to be in. And then that's what you're going to work for, like, the rest of your life in a way. And I feel like now, or at least within the last decade or so, it feels so weird saying that. But the last decade, it feels like the ability to switch industries is encouraged, right? So, like, I went to school for marketing and then i did over a decade in it rose to the top of like all the hospitals out here in hawaii i did all their telephony so if you call any hospital out here i set all that up i set up all their infrastructure their security data management i and i had, I had no background in it i literally started from service desk i ended at um senior executive uh security analyst and i'm just like yeah, I didn't go to school. I had a lot of people like, well, I got a degree in this. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I didn't. Still did it. <laughs> no, I, 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 I have that similar uh, viewpoint. I feel like um, this is like a small tangent, but like go back in it. college, like I was in a sorority and like they'll have alumni come back and talk about it. But I feel like I'm not like the right person to go do these talks because i'm like you don't need any of this like that's my <laughs> i guess advice like this is just for fun um i mean i mean like yeah if you're studying to be a doctor please go to college uh yes like, yes 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 <laughs> um but like for other things like you can you can learn it in the field you can teach yourself like there's so many resources that people didn't have like in uh like earlier generations that are at yeah. everyone's fingertips so yeah so i feel like they'll they wouldn't want me to publicly speak there <laughs> uh, this is so crazy like all the the college reunion is like oh this is our 10 year anniversary or 10 year reunion i actually had that happen recently at the college i went to and i'm like it's been 10 years it's been how long what really it doesn't feel like that it, it's it's crazy how like a decade when you're like a teenager you're like oh that's so long and then when you get 20s and up and it's like oh it, it, what that long ago that feels like it was just the other day <laughs> yeah i'm just a 30 year old like i get it too like <laughs> or like you know, the, the 30 room 30 teen. I, I don't know i don't know the joke it's on tiktok anyways um yeah no i i definitely feel that because it was like um 
So I graduated high school in 2010. And that was 13, almost 14 years ago. I'm slightly older than you. How old are you? Uh, I just made 35. Made 35. Okay, yeah, we're like same boat though. Yeah. And it's it's just wild because like I remember being the youngest and I'm not the youngest anymore. And it's very (laughs) (laughs) no, because like I graduated high school at 16. So like Mm -hmm. all my friends when I went directly into college, you know, were like older. And like, so I was like the baby. And like in my brain, I'm like still the baby. And like I meet 24 year olds and they're like, I'm 24. And I'm like, oh. Fuck. <laughs> no, okay, so that's crazy. So we I was the same age when I graduated high school. That's mm-hmm. crazy. And it, it's a lot of people think like, oh, you have to wait till you're 18. I'm like, no, you can test out early. Or if you took enough electives, like or you can, did you know you can go in early if you went into private school? I did. I was right? four in first grade, and it was. It's great when you're smart, but social skills, like, like, yes, really quickly. yes. Like, all my friends liked boys, and I was like, let's play in the mud. Like, let's. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real cool time. Had a great time in school. Oh man! So, so was uh, was going to college like a bit of a shocker for you? Like for me, it was such a shift from high school, yeah. especially dealing with like because I was so young. I think I was. So I took a year off and then I think I was like six, 16 and a half, 17 when I started. No, 17, no, 17, roughly. And like the people in the classes I was going to, they were like mid 20s or early 20s. And like the the level of like relatability just wasn't there. And I'm like, oh, oh, OK, I just I'll be quiet. Yeah, it was, it definitely took an adjust. like, it was a huge adjustment for me, and, like, I don't know, like, I found fellow nerds, and, like, I don't, it, it, it worked out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it was definitely, it was a lot of, um, yeah, adjustments. I remember I brought my N64 to, like, my dorm room, and I was, like, all shocked that, like, everyone else didn't bring their video games. Like you didn't bring your Game Boy, why not? It's because everyone had like you know PS3s at that time or like whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Why not? Why not Game Boy? <laughs> uh, so, so how do you feel like? Uh, I guess going back to like talking, you know, gaming because I know uh-huh. we could completely stay in this nostalgia trip, which is it's refreshing. I, I rarely <laughs> get to talk to people about like that and having similar experiences, but like. What do you think of this current kick that we've been in? I, I want to say like the last 10, 15 years of like retro games and indie and double A publishers and developers that have just been, well, double A, indie and double A developers that have just mm-hmm. been killing it. You know, uh, of course, Yacht Club Games would be with like Shovel Knight, just absolutely a banger. Yeah, Cyber Shadow, one of the best games I have ever played. And the crazy thing about the crazy thing about Cyber Shadow is that story in that game is so deep. Same thing with Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight actually has a pretty deep story. And like, it's not just cute pixel art. Like, no, these have really, and you can tell the passion that went to make, look, I, I, let me get off the soapbox. But look, I'm just saying, there's a lot of passion that's been going on in gaming that I really feel like 
it's the indie and double a developers are outdoing a lot of the triple a developers in a lot of ways don't cancel me for that <laughs> i i definitely agree um and that's not just me saying that because a that's my bankroll <laughs> but <laughs> um it, it really is because i believe that indie is where innovation happens um mm -hmm. video games in general it's cool i love that everyone like enjoys video games and i i, I say that like you know mobile triple a indie anything a lot of people game and mm -hmm. but i feel like a lot of the triple a scene though it's fun and i play them too um it's become you know like a major motion picture you know there's there's a yeah. bottom line there you can't really take the risks that you could in like the ps2 anything goes era yeah and because of that you know it, it, it can suffer um the art of the game can suffer and don't get me wrong like there is a lot of really artistic beautiful last of us games <laughs> last of us like that's that was just amazing but like mm -hmm. after it's re-released like for the sixth time i'm like yeah <laughs> anyways um so it's it's kind of hard but like in the indie scene like there there's wiggle room because of that to, mm -hmm. to to be able to discover and and do what if and there's more voices and there's more accessibility with those voices to yeah. share unique stories and different view paths and 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 reach an audience that may not be able to you know play the AAA games because the price tag seventy dollars now Jesus Christ we're getting into like the Hey You Pikachu era of game Hey You Pikachu when it first released side note was eighty dollars and I looked at it and I was like I really want this dad my dad was like no. <laughs> and then i bought it at a garage sale for five dollars and i was like ha like i got it um anyways back to this so yeah people who wouldn't be able to afford that um so it, i think there, it, it opens up to a lot of different avenues um yeah. also indie rocks like it, you don't have to make like a mega 120 hour game like you can make a five hour game and emotionally impact me uh, way better than than the, the 120 hour one would do yeah you know and it's it's the being able to like literally innovate they can take a formula say you know classic side scrolling or classic castlevania or metroidvania and just expand on that in ways that the people who create it aren't willing to take that risk anymore you know mm -hmm. and, and we're seeing so like I look at Shovel Knight again. I'm not just saying it because you work for Yacht Club Games, but like that's one of my absolute favorite games out there. And if you haven't picked up Treasure Trove, what are you doing? Go get it. Like literally, each character you play as in Shovel Knight is fundamentally different from the last, and it's like the mechanics are different. It feels like you're playing multiple games within one singular game. And you know, I look at games like Cyber Shadow. The reason I love that, love Ninja Gaiden, love Shinobi, love uh, Ninja 5.0, people who didn't have a Game Boy Advance, and if you bought that game and you sold it, you'd probably hate yourself right now because that's one of the rarest games out there. Shit. Yes. But, but you know, like, if you love Ninja games from back in the day, that gave you everything you wanted with room to explore hidden pass upgradable like it gave you the metroidvania without the full-on metroidvania effect that's become routine and it's just i i love that i 
I get so much enjoyment out of like indie games and double and A games. Like just the passion is there. And I just I, literally, like you said, when I play a triple A AAA game, uh, it's cool. They look amazing. They look as of right now in 2023 realistic, which they probably won't in a couple of years, but like it, it, it's great until it's like, uh, been there, done that, or they're playing it safe. And and they have to. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. They can't, yeah. they literally cannot do what they used to do with the PlayStation 2 era or even going further back with the PlayStation 1. They can't do that anymore. Um, but what they can't do, indie devs can and succeed in that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's my tangent. <laughs> so it's a little fun fact about uh, Cyber Shadow. So the composer for uh, for that game, uh, his name is Enrique Martin, and mm-hmm. um, he is a composer by night, lawyer by day. He's a Are lawyer. You serious? Yeah. I'm like, where do you find the time for all that musical genius? Uh, no, he's great. <laughs> oh I just had to bring that up. Oh my! And like, God. also, um, Arne is an amazing developer. Like, he was so fun to work with. So, okay, I, I, I'm going to ask this. I know you can't answer it, but are we going to get a Cyber Shadow 2 or Shovel Knight 2? I want, okay, so answering questions, this is two separate questions. I want a Cyber Shadow 2 so badly. Um, the thing is with Arne, um, he's had some uh, things go on. I don't know if that's public knowledge or not, so I'm going to keep it private for him. Um, okay. He's had some stuff going on, um, so, but, you know, we'll never say never. Like, it's one of those things where we're a people-first publisher, um, so if Arne wakes up one day and like think he's feeling better and things are, are doing better, then we're happy to pick it up and, and go work on whatever he wants to work on together. Um, but until then, you know, the ball's in his court and I wish him the best, okay. uh, for Shovel Knight 2, I have this running joke, uh, that every time someone asks for it, we add another prequel. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Just you know, tack one on there. Uh, okay. No, I don't know. Uh, we, we plan on making Shovel Knight games forever and ever, so maybe one day we'll we'll have it too. So a, a crossover I would love to see. I don't know if this would ever happen. I would love to see Shovel Knight and Shantae crossover. I think, I think that would be, be so cool. I think that'd be funny. Um, you know, we're we're buds with with Way Forward. Um, do I think that would happen in the near future? Probably not. To be honest, I feel like both Shovel Knight and Shantae's universes are very busy right now. Yes, 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 they are. Um, <laughs> I guess a uh, quick, quick, uh, quick last question because definitely want to be respectful of your time and thank you for coming on the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so work environment, work life balance. I know that's constantly. What's a... that? Right. <laughs> but you know like that that's definitely a topic that's constantly talked about whereas like in the triple a developer scene or working for a triple a company there's a lot of crunch and you know just working hard to meet deadlines do you feel like in the indie and double a's uh working for those companies do you feel like it's as bad or it's just like there's a more personal because it's a smaller team, like relationship that people are able to have. So 
you, you can't speak for other people's studios because every yeah. studio culture is different. Right. Um, what I can say in regards to other studios, um, I, there is no reason for crunch. There's no, no, I plan better with your schedule, look at your Gaunt chart and decide, okay, what, how the production is going. Do we need to reevaluate our goals and do we need to extend it? Because no job is worth your physical health. Right. It's not. And like even a game releasing the biggest game of the year, it is not worth the developer's physical health. So I'm a strong advocate for having working hours you have your work and then that's it um mm -hmm. i know i make jokes like oh what's that you know because because i love what i do and i'm always excited to do it um but i have experienced crunch before and it sucks so that's another reason um but what's cool is that yacht club games were very like anti-crunch culture uh it's like i like to call it the disneyland of of gaming because mm -hmm. like it, it's such a studio where we're so people first where it's like oh you have a headache uh, go take a nap, then come back refreshed and like, then, you know, we can get something done. Like they, they don't, what we, we have delayed every single game we've released because we don't want to kill ourselves. So it's like, <laughs> we'll like, look at it and be like, oh, like, you know, blah, blah, wasn't feeling well. And like, this was going on. So we're just going to push back the release date. And like, luckily we're, we're privileged enough to be able to do that. <laughs> um, so we are are we're people first and we're we're happy and we're we're happy people make happy games, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like I'm really blessed with that. And I'm so thankful for the studio's culture. And I really since there's been such a spotlight on crunch culture, I hope that gives pressure to any studio that does do it to to put their workers first, because I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you know, one of the things, like, when I see games get delayed, like, I know before I started working in this field of, you know, content creating and gaming, I didn't really understand. Like, I was like, oh, man, this game got delayed. That's awful. Blah, blah. I get really angry. Now that I know devs and I know people in PR and I've worked with a lot of them, I'm like, there's a reason for it. I can, I can wait. You know, there's something going on. I don't know. It's fine. And I I am very grateful for, you know, the opportunities I've had, you know, working with you, working with other PR people, working with other devs and whatnot, because it's really expanded my understanding of the industry. And if you're just someone who just enjoys games and, you know, you think you can be an armchair analyst and you know everything about it, you don't really. You really don't. It, it's It's way different than than what you realize. So if a game's delayed or something gets changed, there's a reason for it. And there's a reason that decision was made and just yeah. accepted. <laughs> it's not pushing back a game is not an easy call, but like I I will push back a game. Or I, I don't have the call to do that, but like I will agree to push back a game if like, you know, it it just realistically without like physically harming someone and come out, you know, it, it not, it's not worth it. And yeah, there's a billion things. It could literally be like physical launch date, like that that whole thing of getting the physicals out. It could be mm -hmm. lot check. It could be development process, new directions, uh, something not agreeing the with the, I don't know, like the voice actor studio. There, there could be literally anything and everything. So mm -hmm. yeah, be, be kind <laughs> to developers <laughs> and be nicer on Twitter and YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> So, so two, two quick final questions for you. Um, yeah. So one, 
Um, the shift we're seeing in gaming towards, well, I guess all media technically towards digital versus physical. Um, do you feel like that's a positive or a negative? Um, okay. So this is two parts. I think that the physical media is, is very important. Uh, not just for, you know, collecting, but the preservation of video games as an art. There are yeah. so many games that are lost to time and it's important to have that physical, you know, when, when the store shuts down, you know, th then you, you lose that game. What if there's not another port studios mm -hmm. get dissolved all the time. Look at the embracer groups whole, everything that's going on with that. Like it's so many studios are, are gone now and they were here like a year ago. <laughs> so yep. it's kind of one of those things where you don't know where the future is. So being able to have a physical is, is a translatable medium and like you know they shut down what like the the ps3 store you know the 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 e-shop for the the wii u and the the 3ds yep. there's so many games that that could be lost um so i think that physical is important but like also a thing that makes me sad about physical is that like physical games aren't the same as they used to be because before it was all on that cartridge or the cd but now yep. because it's more of just kind of like a like a key you know you <laughs> put it in you still have to download it from the internet so though i always push for physical and i believe that it will exist as long as japan likes physical we'll always have physical um mm -hmm. but or just not as widely anymore but i'm um, it just makes me sad that it, it isn't as all-encompassing as it used to be yeah 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 it's <laughs> i i miss the days we can just put the cd in or put the cartridge in and that's it yeah, that the, the game that's our entire game, but uh, we you were literally so far removed from that, and it's literally like it's it's a key, it's like a DRM key. It's you yeah. download everything to the the console of your choice, and that allows you to play it, and that's the only purpose it really serves. Um, you, you know, but one good thing about digital and like having it like that is like when you submit your game. This is like a little game industry thing I'm I'm going to talk vaguely about. You go through this thing called launch check and like that's when you make sure everything's awesome and spiffy. But like let's say if something needs to get fixed or you guys, you know, close to the end or like, oh shoot, we need to launch this game, but we have to patch it. You can get a day one patch because we have it on digital so you can fix things. You have more time <laughs> to fix things, which is really cool on the developer side. But as a collector and a gamer, it still makes me sad. You think about all the games that used to come out back in the like the PS2 era that were, were like broken, and then they'd have to re-release it, yeah. and like you wouldn't, you'd be like, "Oh, why are they re-releasing that?" And you would never know as a gamer that oh, they patched things here and there. So um, I, I use the example of like Silent Hill Two, uh -huh. how like the greatest hits version. A lot of people think, "Oh, greatest hits." That means that's the cheaper version. Like, no, the greatest hits version of Silent Hill Two gives you extra content and a lot of bug fixes it just doesn't have the black label it's just got the red one but yeah i mean we we dealt with a lot of that back in the day and yeah it's it's crazy it's crazy to think about um second question final question is working with influencers and content creators all that good stuff i know we had a little talk about that before we started we'll keep that <laughs> off of here but um yeah how has that experience been for you so far i think it's fun y'all are nice people um a lot <laughs> of my really good friends like i've realized that like my circle besides like my college friends like outside the industry 
it's literally like my a lot of my friends are YouTubers. We talk all the time, or they're game developers, and like that's my circle. Um, so yeah, I, I like them. And I don't answer this question besides that. <laughs> <laughs> um, keep keep do you... doing what you're doing. <laughs> I mean, it's it's definitely fun, especially like being able to turn a hobby into a career. Like going from IT, where I I was I was doing well, but I hated it because I was working 17 hour days and I was always on call. I had a team and I was always on call. Even when I was oh off, God. I hate it. I, I don't miss it. I miss the check. Miss that check. The check was nice. I don't miss the work. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I love being an influencer. I hate saying influencer, but I love being an influencer and a content creator. I do think that there are areas that, uh, as content creators, we can improve in when it comes to like, um understanding the audiences we cultivate and everything that we say we have to be very mindful of because mm. you know you don't want to incite people to attack others yeah so leaving it on that is there anything you want to leave the audience with before we go um first off thank you so much for having me on um if yes. anyone wants to follow my i don't know twitter or x or whatever it's called i'm celia <laughs> b with three e's because the first someone took them with the two e one uh, so celia b with three <laughs> e's um i also use instagram um i post occasionally talking about uh retro gaming on there and i'm at kosher gamer on that and if you want to follow any of my work endeavors we're at yacht club games on literally everything uh yeah brain consistency is awesome um so yeah we're on twitter or x or if you want to call it we're on instagram we're on tiktok we have a discord it's cool go check out our stuff and then um also the some of the games i, I didn't talk about our games but the games that we are uh working on is um we have pocket dungeons dlc 2 currently an early preview if you own the game you can check out the early preview on steam right now there's mod support it's really cool and the developers put my cat in the game so go check that out um we're also oh. working on we teased it but we're working on dlc 2 for shovel knight dig which is our roguelike platformer uh which is a prequel for shovel of hope go <laughs> check it out and uh yeah mina the hollower is just our newest ip um it is like a visually like a link's awakening but plays more like a top-down castlevania mixed with bloodborne it's awesome it's a love letter to the game boy color um that's currently <laughs> in development right now so for more information go check out our website and wish listed on steam okay that's it okay okay <laughs> it's like all I, my spiel <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna leave links to everything so if you guys want to follow celia or if you want to follow yacht club games or just generally everything everything is going to be in the description for the podcast uh as well as on the youtube version of this and also i lied i have one final question for you because i'm yeah. famous for this did Dude. you have fun yeah thanks for having me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome awesome yeah, we definitely have to do this again. It, it was wow. an honor having you on. Um, I've been meaning to for years to reach out and ask you. But I don't know. I was like, most of my PR friends are like, nah, I can't really come on a podcast. I was like, I'm not too sure. Then I saw you had done one before. I was like, oh, snap. Why not? Yeah, I've done a lot. Like, so <laughs> I'm always like, I'm always happy to come on. Like, it's fine. Okay. Okay. We'll definitely make that happen. And uh, with that being said, that's another episode of the Casanova Podcast, people. You can catch us on every major podcasting platform. We just recently got on Amazon Music, so you can catch us there. Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Pandora, 
Uh, we're actually sponsored by Spotify. So that's, uh, yeah, happy about that. And then uh, video versions, you can find the video version of the podcast on Spotify since they're the only podcasting platform doing video spot uh, podcasts. And also on YouTube, Utah, blah, YouTube, Utah, I can't talk right now. YouTube.com <laughs> slash at Mikkel Casanova. I don't know why we have the ad, but okay, I get it. But anyways, uh, with that being said, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Go play some video games, play some retro games, and uh, happy gaming. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. All for your time for listening to this episode of the Casanova Podcast and One Podcast in Hawaii. If you found this episode to be incredibly enjoyable, informative, or if there's anything you gain from it, or any insight, or you know anything that's good that you really, really enjoy, make sure whatever platform you're listening to it on, or if you're watching it, leave a comment if that's available on the platform. Like it, share it around with someone you think would enjoy it, and give us some feedback because your feedback is exactly what we need to keep this show going and if you're wondering what are some ways that you could support the show we got various ways we've got patreon we have channel memberships over on youtube as well as subscribe star coffee and so much more links for everything will be in the description of the podcast so make sure you go check that out and with all that being said i hope you have an aloha rest of your day let them know that i'm next level i'm a whole new kind of guy at the top spot in case you forgot we the ones that got the black hot bullet got the shot